Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I want to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. I'm going to take a question today from Julie. She's just been diagnosed with a condition called posterior vitreous detachment, better known as PVD. And this affects a lot of people. Some stats I see that if you're over the age of 65, 75% of people will experience a vitreous detachment in their life. And I'm here to say that there are some things that you can do to reduce some of the symptoms and in some cases, maybe neutralize the damage that has happened. The prevalence of a spontaneous PVD is very, very common. And usually if it happens in one eye, then there is a chance that it can happen in the other eye as well. So this is why I say that there's always a systemic and metabolic and even energetic reason why our eyes develop these different pathologies. So a vitreous detachment is not sight-threatening and usually requires no medical treatment. And what happens is, is that sometimes... If there's a partial vitreous tear, this can start to tug on the retina, and this can lead to things like epiretinal membrane disorder, better known as macular pucker, and sometimes it can even be uh, a macular hole. So first, let's talk about the vitreous. It's a gel-like substance, and it is made up of mostly water, but it also is comprised of something called hyaluronic acid, ascorbic acid, and collagen. Now, in the vitreous humor, this this is a structure that sits between the lens of the eye and the retina, so it's in the posterior two-thirds of the eyeball. Sometimes what happens is this connective tissue, which we call collagen, either dries out, and the vitreous begins to shrink, or more fluid builds up in the vitreous, and this also creates a challenge between the vitreous and the retina. There's an interface there uh, between them. So as much as 20% of all PVDs are asymptomatic, And while they don't cause permanent vision loss, they can be frustrating, especially because they're usually accompanied by an influx of vitreous eye floaters. You know, those things that float in front of your eyes. They look like spider webs or specks 
or pieces of dirt. And if there's a sudden vitreous detachment, of course, this pulls away from the retina, and you can get symptoms like flashings light, flashing lights, or lightning or electrical sparks. Sometimes there can be a sudden influx of floaters that you see right after the detachment. There can also be a ring of floaters on the peripheral vision towards the ears, so that we call it the, the temporal part of the, the visual field. And these symptoms can last for days or weeks. I do think it's important for you to immediately go for an eye exam, especially when you get the first signs or symptoms of the PVD, because you want to rule out a detachment or a tear. And it can be a medical emergency, especially if you have a retinal detachment accompanied with it. Now, it is important to note that the risk of retinal detachment is greatest in the first few weeks. Actually, I would say three to six weeks of the vitreous detachment. And so you want to monitor that with your eye doctor and just make sure the retina is healthy. Now, some of the causes of PVD include the vitreous thins as we age. And I'm going to talk a little more about how to prevent vitreous thinning. Myopia, people that have moderate to high amounts of myopia, I'm going to say somewhere over minus five, minus six diopters, have a greater risk of developing either a PVD or retinal detachment. And people with myopia experience a PVD approximately 10 years earlier than those that are hyperopic or farsighted. Another cause of PVD is cataract surgery. The risk goes up when you've had cataract surgery that it can affect the vitreous health. In fact, in one study, 75% of people with cataract surgery did in fact develop PVDs. Trauma is another reason why we can develop a vitreous detachment. Head traumas, car accidents, falling. You know, and I've studied trauma a lot, and when we are traumatized physically, emotionally, energetically, that trauma can stay in our body, and it begins to create a, a place in the tissue where we're not getting nutrient absorption. And so it creates a dead zone, especially in the eye, especially in the vitreous, and this begins to create the vitreous thinning or a change in the constitution of the vitreous. Another thing that I'm seeing more of is that because we're on screens, screen time definitely is going to increase the risk of PVDs. Remember, the blue light dries our tissues out. It's going to dry our vitreous out. That's the blue light. Another issue is that when we're focused at one distance for long periods of time, this is also going to create stress and compression in the tissue. It lowers the circulation, oxygenation, and our mitochondria are not able to work as effectively. So we get more detoxification uh, challenges in our eye, and this is another issue. Menopause. Menopause lowers levels of estrogen and hyaluronic acid, and this can also lead to changes in the vitreous. And in premenopausal women, high levels of vitamin B6 may be connected to more frequent 
PVDs due to the estrogen dampening effects. And then last but not least, we have to include in this list drugs. Injection of various intravitreal drugs that are used for things like age-related macular degeneration or diabetic retinopathy. Now, I'm talking about the wet AMD or the retinopathies, retinopathies like diabetes or hypertension. When you start doing a lot of eye injections, this increases the risk of PVDs. So I'm going to go through a complementary approach of things that you can do proactively that are targeted supplementations, uh, supporting a healthy diet, a healthy retina, to reduce the PVD risk. So the essential ones include things like vitamin C. I'm going to recommend between two and 3,000 milligrams a day. Make sure it's buffered vitamin C. Remember, vitamin C helps support the vitreous and connective tissue in the eye. It also helps increase the oxygenation in the eye itself. We know that vitamin C levels, when they're high, you have a lower risk of developing cataracts. The second essential ingredient would be hyaluronic acid. Now, this helps strengthen the connective tissue. Hyaluronic acid has been found in skin products, so it helps build the, the collagen. And this is very important, again, keeping that vitreous from thinning out. Number three, omega-3 fatty acids. I'm going to recommend between two and 3,000 milligrams a day. Remember, 50% of the retina is comprised of essential fatty acids, and research has shown that omega-3s are awesome at being anti-inflammatory agents. And then the last two I know you've heard of, zeaxanthin, that's the carotenoid that's taken with lutein, and it's, both of these are potent phytochemicals that are found in the retina, and they also protect the entire eye from oxidative stress. So lutein, about 16 milligrams a day, and zeaxanthin, about 6 milligrams a day. Then on the helpful side, I would recommend things like bilberry. This helps our night vision. It's a neuroprotective agent. It helps improve the microcapillary circulation in the retina. You're looking to take 120 to 150 milligrams a day. Ginkgo is another really awesome polyphenolic flavonoid that also has antioxidant properties. It also helps improve the circulation. It is essential for retina health. I also think for the vitreous. I'm going to go with about 120 milligrams a day. And then vitamin D3, we know how vitamin D3 is so important on many levels, but it really helps retinal microcapillary circulation, and you want to take somewhere between two and 5,000 IUs a day. Now, topically, I'm going to suggest a few things as well. These are things that you can put on or in your eyes. My MSM eye drops are fabulous for vitreous health. I would probably start with the 5%, use those for about two months, and then you can move up to the big boy, 15%. It's going to sting a little bit, but MSM is an essential ingredient for collagen health, and my patients rave about the benefits. It's moisturizing, it's hydrating, 
and it does many other things. So you could do the MSM two to four times a day, and then I would get yourself some homeopathic eye drops. I like the Optique eye drops. I think they're a great homeopathic addition. So you can use the eye drops, hydrating them, alternating at least two to four to six times a day, especially if you're doing a lot of computer time. I'd recommend blue blocking glasses for all your screen time. Maybe get a screen over the the digital device you're using as well. And then in the evening, I would consider doing an organic hexane-free castor oil eye massage on the eyelids. We know that castor oil is really helpful for skin health. It's a wound healer. It builds collagen. And actually just massaging it on the eyelids itself is highly moisturizing, soothing, and it does many uh, beneficial things. I think it's important to eat an anti-inflammatory diet, a lot of veggies, few, few, a few fruits, but you want to monitor your glucose levels so you don't want them to spike. Again, the more sugar that we're ingesting, the more that's going to affect our eyes and many other uh, parts of the body. You could also consider something like intermittent fasting. Again, talk to your doctor about it. My patients, we do intermittent fasting somewhere between 12 and 16 hours uh, intervals, and that's really beneficial on a cellular level. You could consider doing some kind of a liver tox, maybe doing some milk thistle or golden seal. Again, you can speak with your functional medicine or naturopathic doctor about doing a liver cleanse. Also getting some complementary treatments like craniosacral therapy and acupuncture are very supportive for eye health. So remember, you don't have to live out your doctor's diagnosis. It's great to get the eye exam and get the info, and then you can start these complementary methods, and you've got a good chance to neutralize any vitreous deterioration and onward. So that's my show for today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.